few of you are awake here this morning. Good morning, church family. Y'all ready to worship with us? I'm not convinced. Are y'all ready to worship with us? We got a new song we're going to introduce this morning. Talking about God's faithfulness to us. Even when we were still sinners, we didn't have to be perfect for him to fix what was broken. I'm going to read a quick verse from you from Romans 5, 6 through 11. It says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Would you guys stand and join us as we introduce In Tenderness. Sing anew His 
seat. If we have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Rob Zimmerman. I'm the lead pastor here at Westgate, and I'm just excited that you have chosen to worship here with us today. I especially want to welcome you if you are a guest, and can I encourage you if you're a guest with us today to take a moment and grab the connection card that you'll find in the pew in front of you. Uh, It is a great first step to getting connected here at Westgate, and uh, at the close of the service, I actually want to encourage you to take the connect card out into our main lobby uh, to our guest center. We have a couple hosts there that will answer any questions that you may have about the church. But if you hand them this card, they'll actually hand you a bag of goodies with a couple of gifts in it, but also a lot of information about our church and how to get connected. So please be sure to stop by uh, at the close of the service and uh, make that exchange. Uh, as well, we have got a lot of things that are going on here around the church. And uh, one of the things and best ways to stay connected with everything that is going on is by utilizing the Westgate app. And we've got a short video this morning morning uh, just to tell you a little bit about that so take a look good morning Westgate Chapel it's so good to be here today and great to be gathered as a church family my name is Dan and I'm the middle school pastor here at Westgate you probably already know that the Westgate app is the best way to stay connected with everything that's happening at Westgate but did you know you can subscribe to certain categories on the app which will opt in push notifications specific to your interests You'll receive the latest information on cancellations, sign-up reminders, available resources, and more. Subscribing to categories is easy on the app. Simply tap on the profile icon at the top right of the screen, then... It's that easy. And in case you missed any of that, we post the announcement videos in the Westgate app every week. All you need to do is check out the app home screen and press play. It really is that easy. Thanks again for joining us this morning, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the service. 
It really is that easy. So uh, please be sure to check that out, especially as we begin, believe it or not, moving towards the Christmas season. There is a lot that is going to be going on here at the church, and so be sure to check that out and stay up to date with everything that is happening. As we uh, prepare to continue in musical worship together, we want to take a moment to welcome one another to our service. So if you would please stand on up, find somebody you haven't said hello to yet this morning, and welcome them to the service.
some time this past week uh, watching the news and seeing that everything that is, seems to be going on in our world and uh, it seems like the world's in a little bit of a mess, doesn't it? 
When we look at what's happening in Israel and all around the world, I've been thinking about how as we see a lot of the hatred and the killing and everything that's going on, I can't help but think and be reminded that this is what happens when sin and rebellion against God is given the opportunity to run free. That when we reject God and what he has for us, we give ourselves over to sin, it so quickly and easily turns our heart in hatred towards other people. And we're seeing that on a large scale in our world today that honestly can be a little bit terrifying. But as I've been watching that going on, and you know, a lot of people will, I've heard all the conversations around, hey, you know, when we read the book of Revelation, does this mean, is this one of those wars? Is this the end? Is this the time that Christ will come? And to be honest with you, I'm not one of those people that gets too caught up in that. But what it does is it reminds me that when I read Matthew 24 and 25, and it talks about the end of times, Jesus' whole emphasis is be aware of what's going on so that, one, you'll be ready. But number two, so that you will continue to share the love of my son Jesus Christ with the world that desperately needs him. And if there is anything that when you hear the news, watch the news, when your heart aches for what you see happening in our world, is it should be driving you to a deeper passion for Jesus' mission, for God's mission of sharing Jesus with others who don't know him. And I, you know, we've been talking about this for a number of weeks with our missions emphasis week and our five-year vision series. Uh, four weeks ago, we had our, talked about our week of neighboring that is happening this week. And you'll see here on the screen, uh, a reminder of the map that we had. And we came and responded and said, hey, there are people that God has put in my circle that, that need to know him. And it's been fun for me and I know for our staff as we've walked through the church every single day doing what we do to pause, to stop, and to look, and to pray that God would continue to expand our opportunity to share the good news of his son. As people in our world today look and see what's happening, they're recognizing more and more just how much this world is going to continue to fail them. And there is a desire for hope and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. And so the question that we have is, will we be just as passionate to go and to share his love with other people? Our church staff is praying for you this week as we go into our week of neighboring, praying for you that God would give you abundant opportunities to share the good news of his son with other people. And so as we uh, move to our time of offering, I wanna pray and pray over you uh, and just give thanks to God for his provision, not just for financially as a church, but to give thanks for his provision eternal life for us and the provision that we get to join him in his mission to go out and to share that with others. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather together and to worship today. And Father, uh, as, we, as we truly do look at the world that are, is around us, um, it reminds us how hopeless we are without you. And God, I thank you that you love us so much that while we rebelled against you, you sent your son Jesus into this world to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our rebellion against you. Who does that? You did. And you did it so that we could be in a right relationship with you. And Father, I pray that the love that we have for you would overflow so much because of what you have done that we couldn't help but share it with other people. 
So whoever it is, God, that you have put in our lives, in our circles, God, would you help us to be those who continually share the good news of your son with others? God, I pray this morning as well over our offering. I thank you, God, for the way in which you have provided so much for this church. And Lord, we want to pray that as we take up our offering this morning, that you would take it and again, multiply it. Multiply it, not in amount of dollars, multiply it in such a way that it is used and expanded so that more people will know your son in this community and throughout the world. And so we give you thanks and we love you and we worship you this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Uh, We have offering buckets here in the center aisles. And so if you would grab those, you can begin to push those out to the side. And uh, as we take up our offering, we'll just pause and worship for a moment before we continue in our service. We had been in, before our missions emphasis week over the past two weeks, we've been in our five-year vision series entitled Deep Roots and Broad Reach. And next Sunday, we're going to be diving into uh, another new series. We, uh, we spent time in Deep Roots and Broad Reach talking about the need to be deeply rooted in Christ and that it's from Christ when we find our connection, our rootedness in him that we have a broad reach. As we move into this new series, it's going to be uh, entitled Uprooted. And it's the acknowledgement that as we are rooted in Christ, that there are also specific things in our hearts and in our lives that need to be uprooted so that we can be deeply and deeper connected to Christ. Uh, We're going to be excited to dig deep into scripture together over the next six weeks leading up to our uh, Christmas series. Can you believe Christmas is coming so fast? Uh, But uh, we're excited to get that started. So we hope that you'll be here and uh, join us for that series. But this morning, we have a great opportunity to have have a very good friend with us. I'm going to invite Pat Cannon uh, to come up and join me here on the platform this morning. Uh, For those of you that don't know Pat... Uh, Pat is the pastor of that neighborhood church uh, in North Toledo, one of the most impoverished areas of uh, the Toledo area. And uh, actually, it was like 13 some odd years ago, uh, right as I was coming on staff, that Pat was our kids director here at the church. And then God put a call on his life to go into this community and to share the love of Jesus with people that desperately needed him. And over the years, Pat has had such an incredible ministry that we've been able to partner with uh, to see so many great things happening. Today, we're going to get to hear about the things that God is doing, ha- sorry, things that God has done, and the things God is continuing to do. And uh, Pat's going to challenge us from God's word as well. So again, would you welcome Pat as he shares with us today? Love you too. Good morning. Uh, so I got to tell you a God story before we start. You like hearing God stories? So... Uh, uh, about three, two and a half weeks ago, my right ear uh, began to swell up. 
And I thought, I don't know, I got a bug bite or an ingrown hair or whatever, you know. I'm getting older. I got a lot of ingrown hairs. Um, but, um, and I wasn't paying attention to it or whatever. And then all of a sudden, my, the right side of my tongue lost all of its, it just didn't do its job. And then the right side of my face started to lock up on me. And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know if this is good. So I went to the doctor. I thought I was having a stroke. So I went to the doctor, and he's looking at me, and we, you know, we go through all of this stuff, and found out that I had facial cellulitis. And, uh, and what that actually did was, you know, so he's like, okay, we'll give you some steroids and some horse pills, and, you know, we'll get you on the right track or whatever. But it had... Um, messed up this whole side of my face so that even speaking was incredibly tiring for me. And so, um, and I knew that I was going to be here this morning speaking twice. And so I've been praying about that. I'm like, okay, God, I don't know, you're going to have to do something. So at 4.30 this morning, I kid you not, I was up doing what old people do at 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) And and I kid you not, I laid back down in my bed and it felt like there was a hand here. And in a matter of seconds, it moved here. And all of a sudden, I felt some release. And I knew that it was God. Because when I was in there, the doctor told me it'll take you at least a month for you to start even getting back to normal. And so I feel like you're here by divine appointment. Because I could have came here talking like a pirate and we're going to go to the book of Romans, arg! But I'm not doing that today. Thank goodness for your sakes. Um, but I've been praying about this for you. Not only as I'm sharing about TNC, but what God wants to do in and through you. Because I'm very well of the fact that every one of you walk into this place with some stuff. And sometimes our stuff gets in the way of us connecting with God. And so here's my prayer for you. Just for the next 40 some minutes, if you would be willing to lay your stuff at the foot of the cross and ask God's spirit to meet you where you need it this morning. Because I hope that when you come to this place, you come to hear from God. And you come here as needy people, knowing that the only way that you're going to be able to move on with life is if you have a connection with God. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump in. Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for meeting us here. So many crazy things happening in our world. 
And yet, even when the church first started, there were crazy things happening in their world. And yet, you didn't give them a pass in living as a Christ follower. In fact, you painted a picture of what it looks like to actually be a Christ follower in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion. And so, Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you teach us this morning? Would you encourage us this morning? Would you challenge us this morning? But my biggest prayer is that by the time we were done and we leave this place, that we are filled with hope because you are a God of hope. We love you, Jesus. In the authority of your name, we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to show you, and uh, start with a picture that I'm going to put up on the screen. Okay, so in the 1920s, rain was abundant here in the United States. Harvests were bountiful, unbelievable, the amount of harvest that was coming in. And so many saw an opportunity to move from the east to the west because they wanted part of the harvest. And then the depression hit and that drove even more away from the city to move out west to be part of this harvest. And then in 1931, the rain stopped. Poor farming techniques destroyed the grasslands and so um, it uh, uprooted all the soil that was held in place. And so they had huge, huge dust storms almost every day for years. Massive. And um, I'm going to show you another picture from this thing called the Dust Bowl. Okay? And that's what it would look like outside every day. And, okay, so you thought that you were frustrated wearing masks during the pandemic. I'm going to show you a picture of the kind of masks that high schoolers wore going to high school every day. And so um, fortunes were just swept away in these dust blizzards. And in 19, by 1939, um, a lot of people had said, oh, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, and they moved back to east. But a lot of people, a lot of people stayed. And they had a horrible choice that they faced. They had just enough grain to feed themselves and their families for less than a year. If they planted their seed and there was no harvest, their family would starve to death. But if they decided we're going to take the seed that we have and grind it into flour, um, they would never receive a harvest. So they decided to plant their seed. Planting always involves a risk. Always involves a risk. When we planted TNC, we're now in our 14th year. Um, it was a huge risk. 
for us to do that. Huge risk. And because Westgate Chapel was willing to enter into the risk 14 years ago, um, we've seen some amazing things take place. But I want to give you an idea on why it was such a risk for us to plant TNC. I'm going to give you some statistics as far as what our neighborhood is like. Let's put the first one up there, okay? Here's the reality. Third grade reading language proficiency. Our elementary school is Riverside. We're at 14%. Of the 14%, the reality is if by the third grade you do not, you are not caught up in your reading proficiency, 74% will never catch up. Will never catch up. At our school that we have, we're able to close that gap in less than two years. Another stat for our neighborhood. 70% of the households are from single parent homes. The graduation rate is less than 60%. That's for girls. Boys is much less. Let me just tell you some other stats. Teenage pregnancy has almost doubled the national average in our neighborhood. 83% of the births are from women, women who are unmarried. The overdose rate is 85% higher in our, in our neighborhood than the national average. Juvenile arrests are more than double the national average. 19% unemployment rate. 93.4% of the students who graduate from Woodward High School are not life ready. 7.5% of students at the high school are math proficient. See, when you, when you plant a seed... You release control of something in need, in, in hope that you're going to have something come back in a multiplied measure. But here's the truth. Once we let it go, we forfeit any ability to use it for ourselves. It's gone. Seeds you plant can no longer, you can no longer consume. They're gone. Yet, without the act of planting, there will be no harvest. There'll be no harvest. So, let's fast forward 14 plus years. I want to give you a little bit of a picture on what God has done through planting some seeds, community impact. We've had um, about 190 baptisms We've had uh, 95 salvations. We had our first financial literacy class for students this last year. The title of the class was How to Not Suck at Money. And we had nine students go through that class. It was taught by a professor from Owens Community College. 
Um, we are, our goal is that we are going to continue to build relationships with those that are in the neighborhood. Okay, so as far as our impact with kids and students, okay, um, we've had sports camps for years. I don't know if you know, understand this, but we've been able to reach almost 450 boys and girls through that since we've started TNC. We now have second generation families that are coming to TNC from when we first started. And they're sending their boys and girls to church. You know why they're doing that? Because they know it's a safe place for them to journey towards God. And then with our school. Our school. School co-op. Let's go to the next one. There we go. Thank you. Um, Kelly started our school about nine years ago. Um, and the kids that come to our school are at least three grades behind. And we work really hard at closing that gap. Because the crucial time for students in our neighborhood is kindergarten through the third grade. That's it. Crucial. And so we've, God has continued to position us and call us to plant seeds through what we did and what we've been doing. And so this whole idea of planting seeds, Jesus started this. He came up with this idea of planting seeds. You know, he, he was having a conversation with his disciples, letting them know, like, you know what? Um, okay, I'm almost done here. I need to give you some truth about how I'm expecting you to live your life as a Christ follower. Listen to what he says in John chapter 12. Starting in verse 23, Jesus replied. He said, now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. In other words, it's not going to do anything until you plant it. It's not going to change anything until you plant it. It's not going to release anything until you plant it. Right? But its death will produce many new kernels and a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for all eternity. And then he says this. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. And so Jesus is describing, he's talking to farmers. They get this. He says, he's describing a seed as something that dies when it's planted and when you plant a seed, the outer shell disintegrates. 
And it is no longer a seed. It is transformed. It changes from something that's static to something that begins to grow. Jesus is setting up a picture of how God's kingdom grows. And it's a picture of how your relationship with God grows. And it's connected to the seed. Everybody, did you guys get a seed walking in here going, what the heck is this for? Okay, I want you to pull out your seed. If you still have it. I don't know, maybe you dropped it. Maybe you ate it. I don't know. But I want you to pull out that seed. Let's say that the seed represents... All of what God has given you, resources, abilities, influence, there's your seed. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question based on that seed. It's this, how many of the seeds that God has blessed me with am I planting into kingdom fields? How many am I planting Let me ask you a question. What's the number one criteria that they usually measure a church's success? How large it is, right? How large is the attendance? How big is the budget? Those kind of things. But according to what Jesus said, what Jesus said in John 12, 24, he seems to measure success not by how large we grow the storehouses, but how widely we distribute the seeds. How much are we distributing the seeds? Because there's a question to ask yourself. Whose kingdom am I actually building? Mine or God's? Whose kingdom am I building? Mine or God's? Because Jesus made it very clear the only way for God's kingdom to grow are for his Christ followers to take their seed and find a place to plant it and then trust him for the harvest. But if we don't plant the seed, we're not going to have a harvest. Okay, so... Pastor Rob, his job here at Westgate Chapel, listen to this, his job is not to gather you and amaze you and collect your funds. His job is to help you discover the power and potential of the Spirit in you and find opportunities for you to plant your seeds. That's Rob's job. Your job is to take your seed and to find places to plant it. And trust God for the harvest. Paul, when he was writing to some Christians in Rome, he wrote something very interesting in how he felt about being a Christ follower. And what that had done to him and how he viewed his 
purpose in the kingdom. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 14. He says, for I have a great sense of obligation to people both in the civilized world and the rest of the world to be to the educated and the uneducated. Okay, so literally in the Greek, in the original language, it says this, to both the Greek and the barbarian, to both the learned and the ignorant, I am a debtor. I am in debt because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I am in debt to those around me who desperately need me to plant my seed and trust God for the harvest. Because here's the thing. Our God is ascending God. Did you know that? Our God is a sending God. It's who he is. If you read all the way through the Old Testament, all God did was send one person after another, after another, after another, after another. And the reason why he sent people is because that's who he knows he's going to use in order to grow his kingdom is to send People who say, I have some seeds here that I need to plant. And God goes, that's great. So I'm going to send you to plant your seed. And listen to this. He's not talking to missionaries. He's talking to everyday, ordinary Christ followers. And he's basically saying... Are you going to live a sent life? Are you going to live like you have been sent? No matter where your sphere of influence is. In fact, Jesus is referred to as sent 44 times. And so Jesus, after he is crucified and he is He rose from the dead. He's meeting with his disciples again. And I want you to listen to what he says to them. I want you to listen to what he's saying to you this morning. Listen to this. John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. I could just picture that, right? They're all huddling there. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And then all of a sudden, Jesus. That would have freaked them out. And so Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, chill. Calm down. And he said this. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side, and they were feeling joy with when they saw the Lord. Okay, so they were just ecstatic. They're seeing Jesus here. And then Jesus says this. He like he goes, okay, I know you're excited, but I need to, I need to let you know about what I'm expecting from you as a Christ follower. Verse 21. Again, he said, peace be with you. He said, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending 
like you. Do you know where Jesus learned how to do that? From his heavenly father. And he's looking at us going, "Mm, I would like you to follow my footsteps as I followed my father's footsteps. Because see, you can't disconnect Easter from the whole idea of being sent. You can't disconnect that. There would have not been an Easter unless Jesus was sent. Amen? And because Jesus was sent, he had to die in order to fulfill his mission. And because Jesus chose to die, we have a harvest. And so Jesus is saying, do you want to experience a harvest? Then you need to take your seed that God has given you and find a place to plant it. So you can experience a harvest. Because Jesus has sent every single Christ follower out to a lost world. As crazy as this world is, he has sent us out to this world to find ways to plant our seed into the harvest. And he says, oh yeah, by the way, just like a seed dies, guess what? Mm, There's a part of you that's going to have to die if you do that. Not a physical death, but a death in giving away your resources. Maybe your personal dreams. Maybe you're going to experience a death by you're going to actually decide that you're going to be faithful to share the gospel in an ever-increasing hostile world. Because I'm telling you this, it is not going to get easier being a Christ follower in our culture. It's not. And the reality is, is we don't get a pass because of how our culture is. I hope you understand that. And so Jesus is making it very clear. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. He said, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not willing, you're not worthy of being mine. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of harsh, Jesus. But this is what he's saying. It's, it's expressing the idea of getting in line behind somebody in the same manner that all the people followed Jesus, right, on his way to Jerusalem, true disciples placed their feet in his footsteps. That's what that whole concept of following me is. It's like you're walking in the sand, and you see Jesus' footprints in the sand. And so when he says, follow me, you're actually putting your feet in his footprints. And you're following where he's going. That's what this whole idea of following Jesus is about, Jesus' footsteps went all the way to Golgotha, to the place of crucifixion. The Lord's call on us includes a commitment to the kingdom that is selfless, complete, as his own was, right? In a practical sense for us. It requires placing our goals and our objectives and our plans 
and our personal desires with those of the Father. A truly committed Christ follower releases their own will to embrace God's will. So here's the truth I want you to get today. As a Christ follower, I have been called to live sent. As a Christ follower, you have been called to live sent. When you're at work, you've been called to live sent. When you're in Walmart, you've been called to live sent. When you're at a restaurant, you've been called to live sent. When you're with your neighbors, you've been called to live sent. It's a mindset. Knowing that because you now have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, guess what? You have been sent. No matter what kind of environment that you're in. So we... In 2022, we completed seven-month strategic planning for TNC. It was brutal, to tell you the, to, to say the least. We looked at every single aspect of our ministry, up and down, tore it apart, shredded it, looked at it, tried to figure out, God, where do you want us to focus the fight for the next three years down at TNC? What are we going to do? So here are these three areas that we're going to be focusing the fight down at TNC over the next three years. We actually sent out surveys to our ministry partners, to our volunteers, to our neighbors to get their feedback. And so these are the three areas that we're going to focus on over the next three years. Okay, here's the first one. We're going to expand our children's programming. We're going to start an after-school program. Down at TNC. Our hope is by year three, we're going to have 40 plus students involved in that after school program. Our students will come and they'll have dinner and they'll have help with all of their homework and those kind of things that have to do with school. Okay? Phase one, phase two. We're going to increase our school. We've already doubled the size of our school this year. We're actually talking about what would it look like for TNC school to become a charter, non-public school. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a Christian school in the middle of the hood? Our kids don't even have to worry about buses. They can walk. And then, imagine, imagine what would happen. Okay, let's say that a boy or a girl, you know what, they, they start coming to TNC. And they come to our, we have a Tuesday night church that's only kids and students. That's their church service, right? Their time to do church. And so let's just say that they start coming to that Tuesday nights. And then let's say that they're also coming to our school five days a week. And then let's say that they come to the after school program. Can you imagine the, the amount, of the chance of transformation taking place in a boy or girl's life if they're involved in that kind of environment for that length of time? Because we want to see transformation take place. 
And so those first two goals, um, they're big. And as we were doing the survey, one person after another told us, well, you know what? You guys got to get some more help. And I'm like, duh. We knew that. So the third thing that we're going to do is we're going to, I'm, I'm raising funds right now to hire more staff. We have to have more staff. We just do. Do you, I don't know if you got to know this or not, but for the past 14 years, for more than half of that time, it was just, I was the only full-time person, and we had another part-time person, Shelly. That was it. And then we added, Kelly helped with the school for a while, and then we brought on Amy Cox. She's part-time, but right now we have me and two part-time people. That's it. And so we know we're going to have to hire some more staff for us to move forward with this. And this is another thing for us to go, okay, God, ooh, wow, you know what? Okay, we're going to plant our seeds, and we're going to see what you're going to do. How's this going to happen? And God's like, shh, 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 I got this. There are a lot of people that love your ministry. They want to see God do some amazing things. So we're going to be moving forward with that. And if you want to help us to meet those, I'll be at that table after the service. You can come talk to me. But, but I want to ask you a question. So what would it mean for you to actually live your life like you've been sent? Like how would that change how you live your life? Like tomorrow morning when you wake up, how would it change you going, ah, oh, you know what, God, I need, how can I live a sent life today? What would that look like for me? And what kind of seeds has God given you that he wants you to plant? What would that look like? All right? So during the, I'm going to pray here in a second. And as we're singing this last song, I want you to allow God's spirit to percolate what you've been hearing this morning. Because I'm convinced that when we take seriously Jesus' words to live a sent life, I'm convinced that we experience a harvest. So where would that, where would you fit in that? All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this morning. I'm so glad that you were willing to be sent and die for us so that we can experience harvest. The real harvest doesn't happen until we're actually done here on this planet. But in the meantime, Jesus, you have called all of us to plant seeds. Holy Spirit, make me willing. Give me courage. 
So I have a challenge for you this week. My challenge is every morning for you to ask God how he wants you to live sent that day. At work, in your family, at the restaurant. God, how do you want me to live sent today? And I pray that we would become the kind of people who live sent every day. Until that moment when we're done here and Jesus sends us home. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you my friends here to make us the kind of people that are willing to plant seeds and to live a sinful life. Be our provision, be our protection this week. We love you, Jesus. In the authority of your name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, next week, Westgate is offering a TNCology class. And if you want to know more about the um, kind of culture that we are ministering to, um, I would encourage you to sign up for that class. You'll find more about, find out more about really what makes us tick and why we do what we do. Uh, so that's next week. Um, the other thing that um, I want to remind you of is that there are a couple people up here, prayer warriors, that are ready to pray for you. And if you have any needs this morning, you got some burdens this morning, you want to see God do some things this morning, come on down and they would be glad to pray with you. Thank you for inviting me here. I love my Westgate church family. And you guys have a great, great rest of the day. Have a good day.